Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Welcome back to Season 4 of Convert Central Here in Convert Central, we bridge the gap between Muslims from all backgrounds in Singapore regardless of whether you are converts, born Muslim or prospective Muslim Our podcasts are uploaded on Mondays and Fridays and our community events are held every month Be sure to join us whenever you can and let us know how we can do better on our social media platforms like Instagram or TikTok Recommend any of your convert friends to us so that they can share their stories via the forms you can find on our Instagram bio. So from all of us to you, we pray that this new season is enjoyable and beneficial. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Convert Central. So Alhamdulillah, right now we're kind of in the second half of our Ramadan series talking about my first Ramadan with many, many people in our community. So far, we've covered uh, first Ramadan experiences with Asatizas in our community, converts and born Muslims. And Alhamdulillah, today we are blessed with another guest, a guest speaker, uh, and her name is Sis Alia. And uh, Alhamdulillah, you know, I just found out that she converted in 2017, whereas I converted in 2018, so she's technically my senior. So I'm very happy and uh, it's my honor to, you know, get her to come on the podcast. So essentially, if you guys are wondering why we are doing this series about talking about my first Ramadan, it's because everyone starts somewhere, right? And especially for us in Convert Central, many converts happen to start off Ramadan with, with some doubts in whether we can do it or not, with some questions, you know, uh, pertaining to should I fast every day? Or what, what can I do when I fast? How can I tackle my challenges, you know, the, the issues that I meet while fasting. So this series is to, you know, assure everyone that everyone starts somewhere, whether you're Asatiza, whether you're a born Muslim, whether you're a convert, everyone has a starting point. And within our first Ramadan experiences, we, like, we realized that a lot, everyone kind of faced the same few challenges, right? Food and, and drinks, like, you know, and, and also like the perception of everyone around you. And something interesting with different guest speakers we'll, we'll bring on this month is that we'll see different ways that they deal with you know, in their own circle. So hopefully, inshallah, today we'll bring another new insight. But uh, you know, enough of me speaking, I'd like to introduce our guest speaker today, Sis Alia. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself, how old you are, you know, uh, what brought you to Islam. Bismillah. Assalamualaikum, everyone. So my name is Alia. I am 27 plus. Yeah, so I'll be turning 28 this year. So how I got to know about Islam, I was exposed to Islam many years ago, I think about 2011 when I went to Poly. So I have very two close Poly friends um, who are Indian Muslims. And um, 2016 was when I was in my second year in uni. So I was studying in Brisbane and I have I was facing some difficulties in um, life and I wanted to, um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to go and pray for, for my family member. So I happened to go to the church with my friend. And then after that, I started exploring um, Christianity and um, something happened. I had a misunderstanding with one of my friends and then I moved on to explore um, Islam, which was something that I didn't expect at all. So I read the Quran. I read the pamphlets that I had received um, one day when I went past a booth that was set up in university. Yep. So then I realized that the more I read, the more convinced I became. I noticed how um, Islam had shaped my friends' lives also, especially the two poly friends that I met, and how it shaped their character, made them such um, kind souls. And I also saw some changes within myself. And then towards the end of 2016, I was kind of convinced that Islam is the truth. Yep. And then 2017, February, I converted at Darul Arqam. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, thank you so much for sharing. I think uh, you mentioned that you were reading some pamphlets right, about Islam and that's when you got really convinced. You spent about half a year learning about Islam. So I wanted to ask just, uh, just a quick one. Um, what was written in the pamphlet that really got you attracted to Islam? 
I start off liking science a lot um, since secondary school. So I'm a very factual person. And uh, one of the booklets or the pamphlets that I remember receiving was this uh, brief illustrated guide to Islam. So it's a very thin book. I'm not sure if you have seen it before. <laughs> it's a lot of colorful pages. So then the first few pages I realized was about how um, uh, the Quran has um, description about the formation of the embryo, about how the frontal lobe is uh, responsible for lying. You know, so those things have, um, I just remember studying those in 2016, yeah, in details about the embryo development. So when I looked at those um, descriptions, I was really surprised, yeah, because no microscopes were invented then, many years ago. So how on earth was, was this uh, information revealed at that point of time? Yeah, so that got me um, curious about um, Islam. And I guess... Um, because at the same time as I was exploring Christianity, there was this difference about, I think in the book also mentioned about how um, there was a prophecy about Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, um, coming to the picture in the, in the Bible and how they had described him to be as. Yeah, those were the main things that, uh, that, that sparked my interest in exploring Islam. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Uh, indeed, like that was actually, actually exactly the reason why I myself was, uh, you know, really took interest in Islam. Because I think like for me growing up also, like um, I always thought religion and like logic or knowledge is, is on different sides of the spectrum, like opposite ends, right? And then it comes Islam and then it encourages you to, you know, seek knowledge is incumbent upon every Muslim man and woman. And like in the Quran, it like so... Um, he declares that you know seek knowledge uh, look in the science of this world so that you may find God and then you realize that like Islam really encouraged seeking knowledge and of course for me it was the geographical formations like the seas that do not meet and then the mountains in China that were rainbow, rainbow striped and everything right I was really brought in by that but alhamdulillah yeah that is, that is indeed something that uh, is a miracle that is you know the, of, of the Prophet that is up to today we, we see these same miracles in the Quran uh, and, and it's not just for the people that was revealed to, but everyone from, from then all the way to the end of days, right? And amazingly enough, we are coming to the month of Ramadan, which is the month of the Quran itself, you know? Subhanallah, like this, this is the month where we really witness the miracle of the Quran, inshallah. But yeah, I mean, you, you took a shahada in 2017. You mentioned that after, uh, previously, you said that after you took a shahada, you immediately flew back to uh, Australia. Right, and, and that, that's when I guess you had your first Ramadan, right? So how was your first Ramadan uh, in, in Australia? Was it difficult to fast the entire month? What were some challenges that you met? So I was looking forward to Ramadan um, because it's like, okay, it's my first time, excited, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, so Ramadan in Brisbane in 2017 was during the winter period. So winter is... Um, according to my friends, it was the best time to fast because the days are shorter. <laughs> yeah, so Maghrib is about 5.15pm. Yes, and it's easier to fast also because of the weather. It's not so humid, so you won't sweat. Yeah, but um, for me, the main challenge was that it was also during exam period. Yes, and um, third year, that was my third year of uni, and that's when uh, modules was, were, were more complicated so exam period and for having to fast during then was very challenging. What kept me going was looking forward to Tarawih yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's because in our uni, we had the Musola and um, every, day, every, every day during Ramadan, there will be Tarawih and there will be food provided for us also. So that was a great opportunity to meet um, students from other countries as well. 
Alhamdulillah. I just wanted to ask, right? Um, so in the month of Ramadan, especially for new convert, you really pick up a lot of new things. Like Taraweh is something that can only be practiced in Ramadan. Iftar is something that is new. For you, having a community with you, uh, as you mentioned in your campus, right? Did it make that whole process like very fun for you? Like to, to learn about Ramadan and fast with your friends? Like how did it make that experience for you? I knew like as a convert, I wouldn't be able to experience this back at home. Um, you know, having to break fast with my family members. I took on the initiative to hold even small iftars at my place. So call my friends over or have like potluck dinners. Yeah. So I was very excited. I, I remember being excited hosting that for the from 2017 to 2019, yeah, for the three years that I was there. Mashallah, mashallah. And I, I think you also mentioned to me before we started the podcast, right, that uh, Ramadan then in, in Brisbane was the first time you, you know, kind of expanded your circle to a community of Muslims uh, because you were able to meet them during Iftar. And I think, like, as a new Muslim or as someone that is trying to practice Islam more, right, having a community m- makes it much easier especially when you manage to find people of you know some who are on your same level of your journey but also some who are slightly in, in front so that you can get advice from them so but when we grow together it makes it feel like you can sustain it you know because you have people who are supporting you and that's how it works right um when, when someone falls off the bandwagon we try to pull them back and when we ourselves we fall off the bandwagon then they pull us back as well so i think i think that was actually like a, a big blessing from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we think that when we're going overseas you're the only singaporean there and then we're the only muslim there right but like in the most unexpected of places, Allah gives, especially in the month of Ramadan, like the miracles that has, has come down. The miracle itself that is the Quran has come down in the month of Ramadan as well. So I'm, I'm so happy that you managed to find that circle for you in, in Australia itself. But maybe let's just zoom forward to like the first Ramadan then back in Singapore. Uh, you, you came to Singapore in 2019 and you had your first Ramadan here in Singapore. Like what was the difference like in challenges that you met? Uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, okay. So I ended my uni in about September 2019. Then I came home. So I was really looking forward to spending Ramadan um, in Singapore from then on. And, and that's also because my friends just got married and they had kids already. So I was looking forward to spending time with them. So, and then 2020, none of us expected the, you know COVID to happen. <laughs> and then um, circuit breaker to be during Ramadan. Oh, wow. So that was the most challenging period of my time. Uh, the most, most challenging Ramadan, I would say. Uh, at the same time, I started a new job and it was tough at work because I had to deal with patients, having to breakfast alone, not having to go to Taraway. Yeah, so very, very challenging. And I really, really missed the company back in Brisbane also. Alhamdulillah. And, uh, you know, given these challenges, that, that was your first Ramadan back in Singapore with the local context and the circuit breaker. I think, right, like even though it's about two years down the road, challenges are still pretty much the same nowadays. I don't think iftar is available in the mosque. And in the two years, if you haven't found a community, right, uh, to breakfast if you're still kind of pretty much alone, especially as a convert, you don't really breakfast or throw away with your family, right? So for you, in the past few years, like how did you get past these challenges? Like what helped you with your Ramadan journey? It's a long month, you know, um, it's 30 days. So what, what made it easier to get through the month of Ramadan? I think also seeing my job as a part of Ibadah. Um, even though it's tiring to be working while you're fasting, you have to really, you know, my job requires us to think on the spot, react on the spot, and it can be very challenging. But ultimately, if we see, if, if we understand why we are doing this and also incorporating um, other activities of our life as part of our ibadah, I think I felt, I felt that that actually made uh, Ramadan a lot easier for me. Alhamdulillah, actually that, that's such a good point. Like, 
um, I myself is facing, I'm year three in, in uni now and uh, Ramadan just happens to be right smack in our exam season. Uh, this is a big challenge for us and, and you're 100% right that sometimes we are kind of caught up in our work, right? Especially like we haven't practiced Islam in a long time and our life isn't attuned to practicing Islam, right? We don't have pockets of time that we specifically carve out when we start practicing like, at the very least to, you know, do Ibadah. So sometimes it seems like um, a, too big of a task to start, you know, when we see like, oh, everyone's going for Taraway and everything, but we still have OT and everything because we haven't kind of changed our life in that way yet. Anything can be an Ibadah if you put the right intentions to it, right? And indeed, everything that, that we do as an, as a worship is really judged by our intentions in itself. Like when we sit down, we can have the intentions to sit down for the sake of Allah. When we eat, we can eat with the intention to eat so that we have the energy to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we work, Allah says that He loves the people who excel. He loves the muhsinin, right? And, and that means if I'm spending 12 hours of my time as a student, I, you know, I might as well get good grades at it, you know, because that's when, that's my primary role in life. And if I'm working, supporting my family, I might not have time for Taraway, but, you know, making sure that my, I'm doing as, as uh, if I'm the, if I'm a taxi driver, making sure I'm the best taxi driver in Singapore is also a form of Ibadah because we are spending 12 hours of our lives that we might as well do the best that we can, right? So in the month of Ramadan, Inevitably, I think when we first start off, even right now, as our, as our circumstances change, I'm sure Ramadan has been brought for 11 days a year. Every year it brings for 11 days, right? And now it's making our exam season. For us as students, then make sure that at the end of Ramadan, we get a Ramadan and we get good grades. You know, that is a reflection of how well we've been balancing our Ramadan, right? And it's definitely a challenge if you think about it. Like sometimes it might be even tougher to do well in school than pray 20 rakats of Taraway. I'm not saying to, you know, sacrifice a Taraway for school, but if you're not able to, understand that, you know, anything you do, with the correct intentions can be an ibadah for, for the sake of Allah. And I think that's a very strong motivator. Like when we have the correct intentions, not only we do things better, but that's when the mercy and the help of Allah descends onto what we do, especially in the month of Ramadan itself. So that was a great advice. Thank you so much. Uh, I just wanted to ask then like to you right now, um, when we first get exposed to Ramadan, we are thinking about fasting and abstaining from water and drinks, right? But for you right now, what does Ramadan mean to you? There's a deeper connotation to Ramadan as we grow as Muslims and we learn about the month itself, the significance of it. What, what is Ramadan to you right now? For me, um, right now, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a period where we could reset our lives. And it's also a period where, um, especially for us converts, because we don't really spend, we don't, we don't have that circle of Muslims around us all the time, right? So I think in Ramadan is when like, whichever Muslim all walks of life is the time where they really put everything aside, focus on Allah, focus on Ibadah. So I think that's a very motivating factor for us converts also. If we are lacking in something which, um, which we don't have the drive to do yet, I feel that Ramadan is, a, is the right time where we could reset and um, motivate ourselves to do better also. And it's also a, a good period where we pick up very small habits, but doing it consistently for 30 days, you know, in the hopes of um, having these habits to be with us for forever. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. And, and I think you're 100% right. Every Ramadan, we, I think as, a, as, as Muslims, right, we always take it as a checkpoint, you know, because it's, it's really like, wow, such a big thing. Uh, we fast for, for 30 days and then there's Hari Raya and eat. So when things get going, they get going so fast, you know, 30 days fly by. And indeed, like for us, then it's, it's really a place where we not only fast, right? Like if you're just going to abstain from food and water, like uh, the scholars would say like at the end of Ramadan, you just get hungry and thirst, you know? So obviously like Ramadan is beyond just the physical act of fasting, right? It, it goes way beyond that. And as we grow as Muslims every year, we start to realize that like the beauty of Ramadan extends so much beyond 
uh, the act of fasting. In Ramadan, we can do so much more. Like, um, the best of those who fast are the ones who remember Allah the most, right? So what are we doing then to remember Allah in, in everything that we do? We can be reciting certain uh, ayats of the Quran, the verses of the Quran, or remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We say, subhanallah, we say, alhamdulillah, at any time of the day when we can do it. And it's, it's so much more. Ramadan is so much more. And I think for each of us, it probably means something different, right? We know that Ramadan is the month of the Quran. We know why we we know why we fast is to set is, is to really celebrate the significance that the Quran has been sent down to us. That the, the miracles of every prophet ended when 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 the last person who saw it died, right? But for the Quran, it, it's it's here for us to witness from the day that it was re- revealed to the day that Allah decides that you know the end of days. So this is a big blessing for us, and hence um, we all know that the general direction in the month of Ramadan is to get closer to the Quran. And as an extension of that is to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where he is the conduit of which Quran was sent down. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that gives us the Quran. So like, indeed, for whichever meaning uh, Ramadan you know, has a significance to us, right? Um, take it as a checkpoint like from one Ramadan to the next. Like, how much have we grown? Uh, not just like, how much can we, how much, how much better have we been fasting? Like every Ramadan, can I fast? from one more thing like maybe I stopped watching NBA games when I, I love basketball you know maybe this this year I let, watch a little bit less Netflix game a little bit less you know and then spend some time then reading the Quran that, 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 that can be a, a good goal for Ramadan so um, I think the beauty of the month is that in this month it's made it so much easier for us to practice everybody's practicing you know and, and, and hence when we're out of Ramadan we remind ourselves that we can do it for this month while we are fasting we can do it for any other times where it's much easier we can eat we can drink Right, so I think this is a good chance for everyone who wants to try, just try, and you have no idea what kind of miracles came. I think the probably the best things that have happened in my life came in the month of Ramadan itself, and maybe that is like that for for most of us, right? So coming to the end of the podcast, uh, th- and thank you so much for your experiences and the wisdom that you share. Uh, I wanted to ask, like, what advice can you give to uh those Muslims, be it born Muslims or converts, right, who are intending to fast their first Ramadan? What advice can you give to them that might make it easier for them? I think some of us as converts, uh, it, it can either be like, okay, we are so excited, we want to do a lot of things, or it's like, oh man, we're so anxious, you don't know what to do, how is it going to be like? And I, I guess for all of us, whichever stage you are in, um, is to take it easy for the first time. Uh, it's the first Ramadan, so really take it easy. And do what you think you can. Yeah, If you have like a long to-do list, just do those which you think it's, it's most easiest to do and make sure you try to be consistent with that. I think that is enough for... Um, someone who's going to experience Ramadan for the first time. Mm. That, that's great advice. And like remember that when we are taking on a new act of worship, right? It's not just for the month of Ramadan. Like we when we intend to do so, we intend to do it for life. You know, yeah. if if we if we happen to succeed, then that will be a great victory for us because the most difficult part is not to do it for the next 30 days, but to do it for the rest of our lives, right? So like exactly as you said, it doesn't have to be big as long as it's consistent. Like if you are just gonna say this month, I'm going to work on praying two rakats before Subo for the rest of my life. And if you, if you get to do that, then like even two rakats can be the, the life-changing. Like the Prophet some says that two rakats before Subo is something that is more dearer to me than the rest of the world that is combined. So uh, even these two rakats, if you get it for the rest of your life, then imagine the rewards you're getting for the rest of your life. So like 100% when we start off, like don't, um, it's okay to want to do a lot, but 
try to be realistic in the things that you can do. Maybe you start off strong and then you realize the second week, you know, I'm not going to do all this for the next 30 days. It's going to be too difficult. Then it's okay. Scale down to what you can do. And by the end of Ramadan, make sure that you've worked out the habit that you can carry on for the rest of your life. You know, and if it doesn't work out, then you try again next Ramadan. It's okay. You know, I've lost count the number of times I tried to adopt something like my first Ramadan and even not right now coming to my fifth one, you know, I'm still trying. But I think the important thing is that you're given the opportunity to try and and, and you should try, you know. And uh, yeah, Alhamdulillah, thank you so much for the advice. And I think one last question before I would like to end is, is for yourself, you know, coming to your Ramadan this year. What is one sunnah that you yourself would like to adopt uh, in this month? Okay, I have two. Uh, one would be um, giving charity daily. Be just a small amount, but, you know, giving it daily. And secondly is to smile. <laughs> So I foresee myself being tired at work and yeah, because I've tried fasting this week and I really noticed that I'm a bit down, like I don't really smile to my, my clients or to my staff. So that's something that I've I I have it in mind that okay during Ramadan I need to make sure that I smile consistently. Yeah. Great, mashallah, mashallah. And smiling itself is charity, so subhanallah. Uh I, I think that, that that's such a great idea. Um even if let's say we, we want to give charity, right? Then we, we don't think we are able to remember it daily, right? We can even, like, I think nowadays we can set up, like, recurring payments to the mosque. Like, on our bank account, you can do, so just intend it uh, to start today and every day you want to send, right? Then make a rec- recurring payment every, every day, like, $2 is enough for the rest of your life if you want to do it. So, uh, I think that that's a sunnah that is so easily adopted, right? This is some great advice uh, for yourself. And I hope that Perhaps when you listen back to this episode in the middle of Ramadan and you have forgotten to, to smile because of the, you know, rigors that come, then maybe this will poke you up and, and, and remind us again, right? And for those who listen to the podcast right now in the middle of Ramadan, hopefully, you know, if you think that uh, smiling is something that you can easily adopt, then try to do it. You know, uh, it's, it's truly something where we, it's, it's, smiling is so infectious and, it, and you never, you never break the walls of someone's heart with toughness, but we break it down with warmth and, and with smiling, you know. So this is something that yeah, is one that reaps so much rewards, not just for ourselves, but in our community as well. So thank you, uh, Sis Alia. Really appreciate you coming up to share your story and everything. Uh, you know, we pray that you have a successful Ramadan and we pray that, you know, in this coming month, Allah gives you a, a bountiful of blessings and abundance of opportunities to do good. And yeah, inshallah, hopefully when Ramadan ends, we get you to come up to share a common story in full. But at this point of time, uh, I just like to end the podcast by reciting Tasbih Kafar and Surah Asr. Uh, for those who are intending to catch Lainatul Qadr, please uh, do not worry. We have an IG live coming up to talk about how to prepare for Lainatul Qadr and uh, what the significance of the of the night is. So inshallah, stay tuned on our Instagram to find out. But right now, let's end the podcast by reciting Tasbih Kafar. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika ashadu alla ilaha illa anta astafiruka wa tubi like. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wal asr innal insana lafi khus illa ladhina amanu wa amilu الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته